it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you are listening to this. This is the Often Daunted Podcast hosted by me, Burke White. Thank you so much for tuning in, and today we are going to be going over Indiana's last two abysmally disappointing outings as the Hoosiers dropped the game in West Lafayette, 59-79 to Purdue, just an absolutely embarrassing outing in a, a rivalry I'd like to keep nationally significant. And then given a week of rest, no, a week would mean seven days. This was given eight days of rest. The Hoosiers followed that up with the 76-72 to loss at home to Northwestern and on a night where uh, you have to win because Boo Booey sucked. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to get on and record, get on and record, you know, a, a victorious episode after that Northwestern game. I thought that Purdue game was just, uh, it would make it a little bit better. If I, if I was going to record immediately following that Purdue game, it was just going to be a depressing mess because compounded on that, just me and my kids have been sick all week. Lost voice, lost, I mean, it's just been crazy, whatever bug is tearing through my home right now. And uh, yeah, I was going to put it off, combine these two, and hopefully there was a better story to tell in the Northwestern game, but this Indiana team continues to show a lot of the same problems game after game no adjustments seem to be being put into place which is the most frustrating part of all of this and uh yeah so tune in for that just enthralling recap we're going to be getting into in this episode after that we'll get on to some of the indiana news out there uh just news revolving around the program what's up after that we'll get into some of the conference-wide news some of the results around the conference before getting on out of here with a preview of the upcoming game against nebraska here's hoping the hoosiers can turn it around to just quit giving this uh, assembly hall just up Quit giving up Assembly Hall. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that preview before getting on out of here with a Hoosier history hit. As always, I cannot appreciate you giving me the chance, giving me the listen enough. Thank you so much. If you like the show, please subscribe. Please leave a five-star review if you like it. If you don't like the show, just forget I said anything at all. It's usually the case on this. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, let's just get into it, God. The Purdue game. The Prophet Jeff Rab Johns made it sure to point out after this game, following the conclusion in which Indiana just didn't show up, and it's such a cop-out to say that, but man, we they didn't show up. 59-79 to 79 in West Lafayette. Jeff Rabjohns made sure to point out that this is the first time since the 1933-1934 season that Indiana has lost both regular season games to Purdue by 20 or more points. First time in 90 years. And uh, this Indiana team, again, the season's theme is making his history, but in all the worst ways. The, they, we Heading into the season, we were making history with the talent we were acquiring, but man, what have we done with it? We've made history on the other end of the spectrum, the negative end of the spectrum. And feeling good from the jump of this game, like the first eight minutes of that Purdue game, the, the Hoosiers looked like they had a fire in their bellies. They really did. The, the initial production was nice to see. I thought maybe, you know, we'd be sticking into that game. Then Mike did his thing. Mike, Mike, Mike did the thing that has been just hanging over the head of this team all season. He sat Kalel with two fouls. I, I brought that up on the preview of this game. That I mean, that's going to be the problem. And if you've been watching Indiana basketball all season, you knew that that was going to rear, rear its head if unless something changed. I don't know why we wouldn't try changing something. It's just when Indiana got, you, you sit Kalel with two fouls, and again, Indiana gets to an irreparable deficit to end the half. And that's a wrap on the game. That's a wrap on the game right there. Whether you like it or not, Mike, like Purdue is a heavy favorite in these matchups, and you have to let it ride. You have to let it ride. You have to risk it to get the biscuit if your team is as severely an underdog as we were in this game. It's one thing to be an underdog to Purdue. This just routinely now. 
credit to Mike for getting it done both times last season. I'm not going to forget that. I'm going to remember that in all these discussions on Mike Woodson moving forward. I have to remember just last season he swept Purdue. So I, I don't think I'm forgetting that. But man, when, when your team's as just against the wall as we have been, at times this season, you have to let it ride with Kalel Ware. He's the he's the guy you brought in to be the X factor to just take this team somewhere, and you have to give him the chance to. And then like Malik's game after being hot, after being integral to the that uh, Hoosier st- hot start, Malik ended the first half with just six points on thirty three percent shooting from the floor. Following a quieter first half, he immediately put himself in a tough spot with three fouls right out the gate. He just right out the gate three fouls, and ultimately would go on to foul out with seven minutes left in this game. Malik ending his night with six points, five rebounds and three turnovers committed. Kalel Ware ended his night with 11 points, eight rebounds, and yeah, just uh, quiet nights for the front court of Indiana, which has to be just absolutely feasting for this team to get a dub. And uh, yeah, just unable to do so against the absolute Shrek of a center that Purdue was rolling out there. Speaking of, Zach Eady, 26 points, 13 rebounds, including that banked three. Now, if you ask me, the Purdue fans were quite hyped for that bank three. And uh, credit to Zach Eady on his game. He is undoubtedly the biggest game changer in college basketball. Now, what I will say about that three-point attempt, Edie's three was one of the grossest things I've ever seen. I mean, it would, it would have done your future prospects for the NBA better to not have that on tape. Honestly, not have that on tape at all. Like, yeah, you made it. You made it. But boy, it was so uh, appallingly unathletic. It threw my ass squarely back into the Zach Edie's Just Tall camp. That was certifiably a Just Tall guy's three-point shot. And, you know, I'm going to get the pretty stuff out of the way. Braden Smith said he was surprised by the no defense presented to him on the pick-and-roll and uh, he he took advantage of what defense what the defense gave him. He made sure to make that point abundantly clear in the post game, which again he he just made made it so clear that Indiana was giving him nothing. He made sure to point that out, and uh, it's just so damn embarrassing that he can justifiably go up there and say that after a game with your rival. Every single screen Braden seemed to be playing off of, he was given a just straight drive to the lane. Braden had his day shooting the two, going seven for eleven from there, and uh, yeah, he he had a great game. But all all that being said. If he's getting this hot on a mic after these rivalry matchups, like, Braden better watch his mouth moving forward. When Donkey ain't got Shrek to defend him, things might be a little different. Any player on Purdue at this point not named Zach Eady getting cheeky, you know, wondering why the defense didn't guard him, then you're a moron. You know why the defense wasn't guarding you? Because Zach Eady, dude. You know why you got a lax look on this? Because Zach Eady is on the floor, man. There isn't a single player in college basketball who demands more attention, who just, you know, throws mud on a game. Just entirely changing the he change he fundamentally changes the way teams play him. He fundamentally changes the way teams have to play the game of basketball. And it's just man, you bet. Uh, yeah, I want Indiana to make Braden Smith sorry for this eventually. I want him to have to pay for these words. <laughs> Go get him. God, here's the next season. Here's to Indiana figuring it out, and uh, here's to him not having the escape valve that is Zach Eady. Again, credit to Braden for his game. Like he he's doing it this year. He made the sophomore jump that I had wished so many of our players did. So feels so gross to say that stuff, but Purdue in that game just absolutely dominating the Indiana team on the boards. Like no no surprise there with the way that this season has been going. Purdue with the lead there, forty six to thirty one. Boilermakers getting an incredible fifteen offensive rebounds. Why? What could we have done in this game? Bench wasn't doing much for us. Yeah, CJ Gunn ended the game well, but man, CJ, I love his game. He's he, he you see him and he is a basketball player. Like you just see it on him. And uh, CJ Gunn is just too athletic to settle for the same long two time after time. He's an athlete, and he, he just settles for it time after time, man. You, you don't have to. They, they haven't gone in, and they are the worst shot in basketball. I, I, I just, it needs to stop. I can't believe it still happens. Like, glad to see he was able to convert, and uh, going four for six from the floor, three for four from deep. Like, well done on him there. 
Shoot those deep balls. Keep shooting those deep balls. So much rather you miss a three than miss a long two. Because damn, I am so much happier when you take a three than when you take a long two. God love them. I'm, I'm pulling so hard for them to figure it out. But it's, it's man, just no, nothing has changed game after game. And this Purdue game was just very, very evident of that. I could comb over more about it. But yeah, it was the Purdue game, guys. It happened nine days ago. And boy, it sucked. It his, historically sucked for Indiana fans. Whatever, like, just Indiana, I cannot believe that they didn't utilize Kalel more. I cannot believe that you didn't just put your foot down. Just th- foot on the pedal, all all gas, no brakes. That's what you got to do to win games like that in West Lafayette. Kalel needs better utilized somehow. I don't get why the game plan wasn't just live and die by Kalel wears three. We could get that shot. It's, it's extremely difficult to keep someone seven foot tall from taking a three-pointer. I don't get why one of Kalel's greatest skills isn't more utilized as a just staple of this team. McKenzie's game in this credit to him for sinking all four of his free throws as all four of his free throws as he just continues to be an outlier and honestly throwing off this up Indiana curve imagine what this Indiana's free throw percentage would be without Kalel or without McKenzie that is a sad thought this game just made it abundantly clear that whatever it takes I need to get some shooters in this building I, I as a fan need for the Hoosiers to get some shooters in this building I'm talking shooters from the outside and a cutter who's going to hit the between the leg slam up 15 on the Boilermakers. I need that. I need someone just just someone nasty athletically and someone that knows it. Don't we all just need that? God. Uh, yeah, they, they're in a different league than us at this point. And uh, this game definitely spoke volumes to that fact. Without going on it for too much longer, just another game this season where Indiana made history, man. 1933-1934. 90 years. Since we've lost by 20 to Purdue twice. <sighs> now, on to the absolute, just, you know, joy-riddled funfair that was the Northwestern game in Assembly Hall. Now, I'm not going to out myself as an old fart on this show and say that those u- uniforms were ugly, but those uniforms were ugly. If recruits eat that shit up, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But Adidas needs to step it up still. Glad we got a luxury brand effort from them, but let's fine-tune and possibly more tailor that collab to our branding. Thank you for this Northwestern game. Just tons of old IU players in attendance. I imagine a lot of them due to the NBA All-Star game being so close. Trace, Race, Miller all made the trip to the game. And uh, this Northwestern game, man, I think they're starting to be a curse of Miller Cobb. It's a shame to say, but this is the first time Indiana men's basketball has lost four straight games to Northwestern since 1931 to 1933. Holy crap, another 90-year record. Another 90-year record. This team, man. But no, it's not a Miller, It's not a curse of Miller Cop. Like, it, that definitely isn't it. This team had eight days to adjust everything. To adjust everything. And uh, they didn't adjust anything. They needed to adjust, adjust something to shift the trajectory of the season. And we ultimately saw nothing. There was a point in this game where Boo was one for eight from the field. Indiana was down eight points. If Boo Booey is one for eight from the field, your team needs to be leading. Or else you're going to lose to Northwestern. Because not many teams are given the opportunity to take on a Northwestern team when Boo Booey is shooting three for 14 on the night. But I would have to imagine that most Big Ten teams worth their weight would be able to take advantage of that. And in a four-point loss for the Hoosiers, you once again have to look no further than those free throws. I mean, man, there were so many problems with this team today in this game. But the free throws, man, it's so painful to see how just an average free throw percentage could be game-changing for this team. Indiana sends Northwestern to the line 28 times in this game, where Northwestern takes advantage for 22 points. Northwestern sends Indiana to the line 21 times in this game, where Indiana takes advantage for 12 points. 57% shooting that day from the charity stripe. It's called the charity stripe, guys. We need to take the charity. It's it's crazy, just the yips that are on this team this season. 
Because you can't tell me that these guys didn't grow up shooting better than this. Or else they wouldn't have been on the radar. It's crazy, man. I, I It's frustrating. That's been the thesis of this. <laughs> I, 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 you guys, I'm getting to my wit's end on trying to be hopelessly optimistic about this team. But it's getting tougher and tougher each time they go out there and nothing has changed. It's just the same look. It's truly the definition of insanity. Trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It isn't going to happen unless we do it, guys. We, need, we just need to see something change. Um, and it's just unfortunate to see how these post games are going with Mike, where he's the coach. He can run the program how he wants. But, man, let's talk about Malik Renew before I continue on that. Like, Malik Renew, objectively, not his best game. Not a average game for our guy. Only getting 24 minutes with his foul trouble in this game. Four for nine from the field, in which we can usually rely on him for just a far more competent uh, percentage. But, man, ending his game with nine points. I don't care if, like, Malik went up there and posted a 25 trillion because of his foul trouble. 24 trillion. When Woodson's calling to Don Fisher, like Woodson sat down with Don Fisher after the game and on Malik Renew, he said he didn't play well tonight. He was awful. That's all according to Indiana HQ. I'm just I'm, I'm just going to say because it's the darkest timeline and where this all branches off for in my own head. If Malik Renew is wearing any uniform other than a Hoosier uniform in his career, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I, I, I am desperate to see what this kid becomes in a Hoosier uniform by his last year here. And uh the idea of another team being able to capitalize on that is just so, and it, it makes me it, it makes me far angrier than it should, <laughs> and I am reasonable enough to admit that I, I didn't like Mike Woodson dropping that. Yeah, it sucks. You, you can't call him out and like risk. You have to recruit your own players in this day and age. It's, it's a soft, soft. It could be a soft nature of the college basketball landscape, but man, you gotta play it. You gotta play the game. And uh, calling out Malik Renew, I just think it does not bode well. I don't. Malik Renew's been a like one of the more reliable aspects of this team, and he's he's one of the younger ones on it. Can't be calling him out. He he's a sophomore, and he's leading like a, he's he's acting like a leader on this team because he he has to, for better or worse, fair or unfair, he has to be a leader on this team. And you know what? For this season, I'm gonna say Malik Renew. However, this season's gone, he has done well to lead as a sophomore. He's been extremely reliable, and that's all you should have to ask from him. Yeah, that, that I just. That comment just sucked to see that Mike said that. It was, yeah, free throws and turnovers. Like turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Indiana points off. Oh, I'm actually going to start with Northwestern. Northwestern points off turnovers. 11. That was 11 points off of 11 turnovers. Indiana was able to generate three turnovers from Northwestern. Hey, just, you know, three. So we lost that battle, 11 to three right there. Even worse, uh, Indiana just was able to score zero points off turnovers. Zero. Only generated three and unable to capitalize on a single one. Like, all these made a difference. Like that and Ryan Langborg, Ryan Langborg having just the game of his life. 26 points off 7 for 15 from the floor. But more importantly, 4 for 7 from deep. And 8 for 8 from the free throw line. He's just absolutely taking full advantage of the charity. Ryan Langborg, a welfare king on this day. And when Indiana desperately needed a win, man, you really, you really thought that this could be it. Because just all the circumstances surrounding this one. When Boo Booey's starting that slow, you need to win that game. First thing. Second thing, Ty Berry. Ty Berry's out. He was the second fiddle. He was the Robin to Boo Booey's Batman. We just got beat by an effort helmed by, uh, an effort championed by Alfred. I don't know. Rob, Alfred in those newer ones is kind of a badass, but nonetheless, yeah, this game was there for the Hoosiers, and we just let the opportunity go. It's just it's a shame that that seems to be something I'm saying a lot this season, but there are still games to be played. There's still a Big Ten tournament to get to go through. Like, uh, I'm such an optimistic idiot. I know, I know once that Big Ten tournament tips off. I'm like, okay, let's win this. Let's get into the big dance and let's have a march. But man, this team is really, really testing my optimism. And uh, 
yeah, just just a shame that this is where we're at in the season. Here's hoping that a big game against Nebraska at home can turn this around and the Hoosiers can. Like, man, if we're not playing for March at this point, like, we just need to play to build something for next year. And here's hoping we can see that. Tough two games to recap. Wish I could have more fun bringing it to you, but nonetheless, we got those out of the way. Here's hoping. I, I keep saying let's just forget about it, but no, man, we can't forget about these games. We are getting beat historically bad. Like we, it's it's historic what is happening to this Hoosier team, and uh, we need to remember that this this needs fixed. This is an issue. This can't be swept away. It's the turnovers. It's the free throws. It's the rebounding in this game. God, rebounding, rebounding, rebounding. Yeah, sorry, I, I remembered rebounding and I wanted to bring it up. So yeah, we're going to talk about the rebounding. You know, you know, the actual rebounding battle, pretty close, pretty close in that Northwestern hauled in a total of 38 rebounds to Indiana's 37. What wasn't close was the differential in offensive to defensive rebounds. Northwestern was able to haul in 14 offensive rebounds in which they scored 12 points off second chance points. 12 points again, you guys, that's 12 points off second chance points. That's 11 points off turnovers. That is just a day at the free throw line. All of these things are very they seem fixable they 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 seem like not fix i mean maybe not fixable but you should be able to see evidence of this being addressed 12 yeah northwestern's 12 second chance points indiana comparatively had six i wanted to just talk about aunt Aunt wright's perspective on this as a tony atranja with the assembly call podcast absolutely great podcast love love uh tuning in giving them a listen tony had tweeted out a video in which he was just showing the indiana you know boxing out effort the uh effort on the defensive boards and ant wright just broke down the video in just quick bullet points and it pretty much summed up the defensive the the effort on the glass from the hoosiers in that game in which uh ant wright just said when the ball is in the air it should be war the hoosiers paraphrasing here the hoosiers were quote Ball watching, allergic to hitting someone in a white jersey, trash motors, trash urgency, and passive. And yeah, he nailed it. It's it's just, it's a timid effort, and it, it's visibly timid, which is alarming. Like, it, it would be alarming after one game, and you would think that it would be addressed after that, but this is just a characteristic of this team right now, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, ah, it's a shame to see that as a characteristic of your squad on the doorstep of March. I'm going to give away one Showalter Fish of the game for both of these games, because I, 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 who do you celebrate in either of these? And in this one, I'm going to give the Northwestern game ball to Trey Galloway. Two for seven from the field. You wish we could have gotten more out of him there. Seven points on the night, but it was his 12 assists. Trey is distributing the ball far better than I thought he would be able to when asked to be the primary ball handler. And uh, 12 assists, that's 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 nothing to just shake off. Like that, that's, a, that's a game for our guy who had, a, who had to put it out there for all 40. Like uh, credit to Trey Galloway in that. And after after that, those two games, I, I wanted to get a read of the room. So I tweeted out a poll and just saying, you know, just reading the room, fire Woodson and condemn the IU job to be one seen as impossible to live up to in the eyes of coaches looking for jobs or ride with our guy and possibly deal with the same issues game after game as they have been. And it's just a tough spot that we find ourselves in. And as of this recording, 202 votes have been cast. 44% believe we should fire Mike Woodson and 56% are holding out hope. Just wanted to see where everybody was at, or at least my followers, I guess. Yeah, if you haven't followed me at Often Daunted, and uh, yeah, you can leave your comment, and uh, yeah, I might share it on the show. Uh, after those two games, I, I'm, I'm just left thinking, like, what does this Hoosier team do now? Honestly, what, where do we go? What do we need to see from this team to end the season? Six games left to put it together and make a run, or, <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to hold out hope. I have to. Put it together and uh, make a run, or, you know, flounder. What's this Hoosier team going to do? I'm going to say what I want to see from this squad is just, I just finish strong. Finish strong. Keep the guys we need to build on. Start building some investment into the program with them because it, it, it's glaringly like it just it just doesn't seem there right now. And it, it's not on these players. It's not on these guys. It's it's from the top down. Something needs installed. Something needs put in place to 
Get this team on the right page. Get this team on the same page. Other than that, uh, as the season's wrapping up, trim the fat quickly. Once the transfer dance starts, trim it quickly because uh, we need to get firing. And in getting firing, like make some irrefusable offers to shooters ASAP. Mac at Harvard, you know, Clary, barring some crimes, Kanye Clary just left the Penn State program. That might be a red flag. It's most likely a red flag. It's probably definitely a red flag. And uh, But nonetheless, he can shoot. Let's let's take out a flyer. Let's figure out what's going on there. Lastly, what I don't want to hear this se- to end this season is uh, whatever happens in the transfer portal this coming season, like don't tell me that next year's team will need time to chill. Don't tell me. Because I, I trusted that to be the case with this team. And it, it's a new day. Figure out how to have a game-ready rotation or give the job to someone quicker on their feet. It's the day of the NIL, and if you're going to rely on that heavily to build out your roster, you need to be able to have that roster clicking right away. It, it's win now, baby. And lastly, for the rest of the season, I just want to see I want to see Iona really start to put it together. And, uh, you know, they, they, they aren't winning their conference by any means right now. But win that tournament and you're in, Tobin. Win that tournament and you are in most likely as a 16th seed. Sneak in as a 16th seed and do your damn thing, Tobin. Hopefully Iona's in that Midwest region. That's pretty much all I want to see for the rest of your season. Oh, Let's get on to some Indiana news. Congrats to Mackenzie Holmes. To get the IU career scoring record is one thing. To get it in a 95-62 ass-whooping of the Purdue Boilermakers is another. Just an incredible career that continues to bless the hall. Sarah Scalia made history of her own in the game to follow that one, where in the women's 68-54 win over Wisconsin, she broke the single-season record for threes, beating Amanda Cahill's 78 hit in her 2017-28 season. Sarah Scalia ended the game with four threes made in this one. TJD saw his return to competitive ball in the borders of this great state since the last time of our recording, as his plays were celebrated like it was a home game for him in Gamebridge on Thursday night. He ended his return to Indiana with only four minutes, but scored six points and two boards in that time. There was a sick oop, and uh, that oop of his probably received a standing O from the Hoosier faithful in attendance. Indiana side note, Trent Sisley was in attendance for the Purdue game, and I just thought, yeah, I just thought that was something to note. He was in attendance for both, I believe. And seriously, Mike, God, we blew it. We blew it this one. We 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 blew it this time with Purdue, man. They they shellacked us both games. This game matters. And, uh, yeah, if Trent's mind was in the air, I'd say he's gotten an idea for whose side he may want to take up in this fight. Six foot five, small forward, five star, Josen Sannon of the class of 2025, released his 10 teams remaining. Yeah, 10. 10. We, we, yeah, I'm going to just make a note of a guy who said these 10 teams I might be interested in. <laughs> Among them are the overtime elite, Boston College, Kansas, Kentucky, Georgia, Yukon, Louisville, Arizona, and a school in Providence that he's taken 15 to 20 official visits to. 15 to 20 unofficial visits to, according to Joe Tipton. So uh, they might, maybe, maybe are probably a heavy favorite for him. If the current state of Indiana basketball makes you want to jump into oncoming traffic, fear not, because Indiana baseball is back, baby. And uh, they opened up the season this week against number 12 Duke, in which they lost 3-6. to six. Yeah, one game out of the way. After that, they followed it up with a win over number 18 Coastal Carolina, 7-2. And then they followed that up with a 9-3 win over George Mason. This Indiana team has some real momentum going. They have some preseason hype. I am going to be keeping tabs on this Indiana baseball team. And, uh, hey, here's hoping we're in for a great season. Right now, I just do want to make a note. The According to Baseball America, Indiana is currently ranked the number 22 college baseball team in the nation. As uh, And I just wanted to throw out where Kentucky was on that list. And, uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait, they aren't. All right, next piece of news for you. Lastly, I just uh, for the Indiana side, I just wanted to shout out Elijah Serrett coming over from JMU with Coach Sig. 
as the top-rated wide receiver transfer this season by Pro Fo- Football Focus. This Indiana team is really, like, yeah, I don't want to get too excited for it because I always get too excited for everything, but Indian football might be pretty fun this season. If it won't be fun this season, it'll be, you know, exciting for the promise of fun the next, as Coach Sig figures it out. But, man, uh, glad to see some steam with that football team. Let's get on to that national conference, all that news for you. Yeah, it's been brought up on every sports podcast you've heard, but you know, I want to give my opinion. EA announced we will be getting the new college football game this summer. The masses thought, no way we are finally getting it, but a revamp of all EA college football profiles expressed just that. Full reveal of the game is coming to us in May. And everybody out there who's like, oh, it's just going to be Madden with college teams. You know what? I would love Madden with college teams. That sounds fun as hell. So I'm there. I'm I'm all there. Anyone want to start up a league, hit me up at Often Daunted. Next bit of news. Wednesday, OSU let Chris Holtman go. Yes, the Big Ten news. Heard, yeah, the the biggest piece of Big Ten news out there for you. Jake Diebler will step in to serve as interim head coach in the time, and we all saw what he did against Purdue. Hey, do enough of that, and teams will be tricked into hiring you for far too long. So keep winning those games, Diebler. Give them some hope that you might be the guy, which, (laughs) man, Ohio State's going to be able to pay somebody, I think, but. Holtman has since the firing on Wednesday. Holtman has since been linked in rumors to the DePaul opening. And there are worse places to fall, man. DePaul should be an easy turnaround if you think about everything involving that program. I just don't get why coach after coach has failed. I I see from the outside, I'm like, that fan base has to get one to get back. But man, that fan base is all but non-existent with how they've let it go for as long as they have. Would be an interesting hire, something, something to keep your eye on. In a very different tone than firing your head coach, Ward Manuel, the AD for Michigan, who had a Q&A with reporters, said, It would be fair to say I have not really thought about any changes in our men's basketball program at this time. It's one of those things that I guess I can't say it any clearer. I want to support Juwan to be successful and have not given any moment or thought of anything about changes at this time. And so my support is of him, of our student-athletes, and of our staff. And yeah, I can't imagine that's something that Michigan fans are very happy to hear. The fact that everything that's happened with John Howard's tenure, uh, just the you know expectations fell short of the physical altercations, <laughs> the 2023 to 2024 season, the Caleb Love stuff, the everything, man. If you weren't here, if your AD was like, I haven't even given it a thought, man, how that has to cripple your confidence in your AD. <laughs> like you haven't given it a thought. It's your job to do just that. You are supposed to be the first one giving it a thought. Crazy. What's even crazier is the NCAA just this week made that man, Ward Manuel, the chair of the college football playoff selection committee. And I have to imagine he's expressed just how unbiased he's going to be. But I'm going to say it right now. A three-loss Michigan team is going to get in above a one-loss Florida State team because Ward Manuel is the chair. That's just what that's what's going to happen. When this gets to 12 and the first three-loss team gets in, it's probably going to be Michigan. Just last week, Owen Freeman was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week, and that made eight for him. Owen Freeman, the Iowa forward, is now only second to Jared Sullinger with the most Big Ten Freshman of the Week awards, who had 12 in his time with Ohio State. Last week, Indiana State entered the AP Top 25 for the first time since Larry Bird donned the Baby Blues, as as those rankings saw Indiana State at number 23. That was before losing both of their games as a ranked team this week. Indiana State is back on the outside now. There was love in Detroit. As this Valentine's Day, the country's last unvictorious team, Detroit Mercy, got their first win of the season, moving to 1-26. This Monday, 
Mike Rhodes announced that Penn State's leading scorer, Kanye Clary, is no longer with the team and that it was a, quote, coach's decision. Kanye was averaging 17 points on 46.2 shooting from the field. Barring crime, let's go and get an in-conference transfer here. Just barring huge issues with this, like, we do need to hear what happened, but get him. Get a flyer and at least know that you can give the best offer. (laughs) Please. Let's get on to some results around the conference since the last time of our recording. Before our game with Purdue, Wisconsin was handed their fourth straight loss in Piscataway as the Scarlet Knights beat the Badgers 78-56. The 22-point win is the largest margin of victory over a ranked opponent for Rutgers as five Scarlet Knights hit double digits on the game. Following that, Michigan State welcomed Illinois, where the Spartans beat the Illini 88-80, despite Terrence Shannon Jr.'s 28 points. Malik Hall's 22 points and a combined 52 from the Spartan backcourt were too much for Brad Underwood in the orange. Maryland took the struggling Ohio State team to overtime, but ultimately were unable to pile on the tail-spinning Buckeyes as Bryce Thornton's 24 points and 7 rebounds led the Buckeyes to the 79-75 double OT victory. Jameer Young still gets 26 points. The Nebraska Cornhuskers eviscerated the Doug McDanielist Wolverines in Lincoln as only one Wolverine hit double digits production, Burnett with 18. Four of the five Huskers were able to hit double digits, led by Tominaga's 19 points. Huskers 79, Wolverines 59. Sunday, Penn State kept it closer than many, may have thought in Evanston as Boo Booey dropped 15 points in an extremely well-distributed night for the Wildcats. 11-11-14-14-15 for the Northwestern starting five. Kanye Clary struggled in his return here as he gets 14 minutes, but went 0 for 3 on the day. Northwestern 68, Penn State 63. Pat McCaffrey and Peyton Sanford each dropped 21 for the Hawkeyes. Owen Freeman notched 17 points and 14 rebounds to go with four blocks as Iowa erased a 20-point deficit to beat Minnesota 90-85 in Iowa City. Illinois beat Michigan in Champaign 97-68 as Terrence Shannon Jr. scored 31 points for the Illini contributing to Illinois' 48% night from deep. Michigan went 1-for-10 in their own right from 3. The Buckeyes lost in Madison Tuesday as both Crowell and Storr tally a double-double for the Badgers. Ohio State 54, Wisconsin 62. On Valentine's Day, Michigan State rolled into Happy Valley, and thanks to a career-high 29 from Malik Hall, the Michigan State Spartans were able to get the Big Ten road win over Penn State 80-72. to Hall added 10 boards to that line for himself. Jameer Young went 13-for-13 from the line. When the Iowa Hawkeyes visited Maryland, the Terps got the win 78-66 at home. The Scarlet Knights beat Northwestern Thursday 63-60 despite a 27-point night from Boo Booey. This win extended Rutgers streak to four games in a row at the time. Zach Eady scored 24 points and grabbed 15 boards as the Purdue Boilermakers beat Minnesota and West Lafayette 84-76. Braden Smith, two boards and one assist away from the triple-double in that game. Kasai Tomonaga dropped 17 points to lead Nebraska as the Huskers beat Penn State 68-49 in Lincoln. Saturday, Iowa took down Wisconsin in the last second of the game. Overtime, as Tony Perkins sank the layup to secure the Hawkeyes' 88-86 victory. Three Hawkeyes each with at least 18 points in this game. Illinois took down Maryland in College Park, 85-80. Taron Shannon with 27 points as Illinois took their first win in Maryland since 2011. In the Michigan Civil War, Michigan State pulled out the win in Ann Arbor, 73-63. Tyson Walker with 19 points and Malik Hall with 18 as Michigan State continues to push their way up the conference standings. Minnesota took down Rutgers at home, all five starting Gophers reaching double digits in production as the Golden Gophers beat the Scarlet Knights 81-70. Pharrell Payne led the effort with a 21-point double-double. And last but hell, no, not least, in his interim debut, Jake Diebler led the Buckeyes to the 73-69 victory over the Boilermakers in Columbus. Bruce Thornton's 22 points led the way for Ohio State as Fletcher Lawyer's 1-for-7 night from the floor stood out for how the Boilermakers dropped this one on the road. Of course, there's more that goes into it. I just needed to share one bad stat for that. Sorry. 
with all of those games in the books, the current standings for the conference are as follows. Purdue, 12-3, Illinois, 10-4, Northwestern, 9-6, Michigan State, 9-6, Wisconsin, 9-6, Nebraska, 8-7, Minnesota, 7-7, Iowa, 7-8, and and us at 6-8, tied with Rutgers. Currently in ninth with six games left to go. The Hoosiers can turn this around. They can get some wins. The talent is still on this roster. I just refuse to believe that it's not. The backcourt is such an issue. But, man, the frontcourt can win you a game. It can. I I truly believe that. And hopefully this Nebraska game is just that game to win. I'll be getting into just what to expect in that one right after this word from our partners. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, just a collection of Big Ten-related podcasts, writers, everything, just... uh, you know, everyone working together. It's been fun. I've had I've, on these past few episodes, I have been able to have some guys on and uh, just looking forward to more and more uh, coming on the show, sharing their perspective of their programs. And it's just been a blast to work with those guys. Can't appreciate them enough. Go give them a follow at Big Banter Sports. If you haven't followed me everywhere, Burke White, your host of the Often Daunted podcast, follow me everywhere at Often Daunted. Thank you so much, Hoosier fans. All right, discussing Nebraska. Wednesday night, Nebraska is making the trip into Assembly Hall. And man, they are making that trip with so, so, so much to play for. Like, uh, th- this team's on the precipice of just a historic season for themselves, and they could possibly make the tournament. And they're set, like, they're built to win a game in that tournament. And man, it- it's got to be an exciting time for those true blue, <laughs> those true blue, wherever they may be out there, Nebraska basketball fans. Currently, Nebraska's finding themselves at the sixth spot in the conference standings with a record of 8-7. and seven. They will be entering Bloomington Wednesday following a two-game homestand where they beat Michigan by 20 and then beat Penn State by 19. They are feeling themselves. Kasai Tomanaga led the Huskers that last game with 17 points against the Nittany Lions, and Kasai Tomanaga can shoot the three. If Indiana can't defend the three, he's going to be a problem, as he has been for plenty of teams that can't, shoot, can't defend the three. The Huskers, once again, have Juwan, Juwan Gary. And the Huskers with Juwan Gary are a much better team than the Huskers without Juwan Gary. The now starting 1-6 man is an integral glue piece to the Cornhusker side. And uh, he, just, he just brings so much cohesion with the experience he has with the four years of college basketball he now has under his belt. He knows he's a role player, but God, he plays that role like a fiddle. He, he, he is a, he's a glue guy. He, he's following the non-conference season. Like He was my favorite for just Big Ten sixth man of the year. And then Josh Alec went down, and he was thrown into the starting role. Went down with injury, and upon his return, he's thrown back into the starting role. He he absolutely has earned his spot with Nebraska, and he he's playing well for it. Gary's currently averaging 11.5 points per game, along with 5.9 rebounds. And yeah, man, he 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 does the little things. He puts in the effort. He puts in the tenacity on the boards. He he's a total ball player. And I don't think he was on the floor last time we played him. I can't remember for sure, but. I just wanted to point out his name because, yeah, we're recapping this team for the second time this season. It's going to be a lot of the same as the last, but I just didn't want to get out of here without dropping Jawan Gary's name. That dude is, he's not something special to the game of basketball, but man, he is special to that team because it, it, he unlocks something for them. As for the front court, you know it's going to be rink mass. Rink mass facilitates the center position in a manner that, to his credit, like is very diet TJD in that regard. He sets up guys well and doesn't make mistakes. He's not pulling out some of the top-tier distribution skills that TJD showed off routinely, but he's still a, a true facilitator when on the court. And just just the normal names you were looking out for last time, guys. I'm going to say Rinkmast is great, and just my overall thesis for how this game should go, Rinkmast is great, but our bigs should eat. Unless their spirits are genuinely broken and unsalvageable for this season, I believe the Hoosiers can play through the post and get the win at home. I do. The Huskers look great as of late, but that speaks to their perfect home conference record. 
Luckily, this game's in Assembly Hall. Time to get right. Let's get a win. Let's get a win. Just, you know, cauterize the wound before it gets uh, too out of hand. Let's get the dub. God, you got to hope for it. It's all you can do at this point with what this team's giving you. Oh, let's get into a Hoosier history hit, and then we'll get you out of here. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit this week, I just wanted to shed a light on Nicholas Frienstein. Nicholas Frienstein, a pushcart operator in Huntington, Indiana, who uh, really sought to bring the Wiener Schnitzel to uh, the Midwest to feed the masses here. And, uh, you know, the Wiener Schnitzel is made up of a veal that is pounded until it has just, you know, a very, very thin body. Then it's breaded, pan-fried, and uh, served smothered in gravy on a plate. Frienstein substituted veal for pork since it was more readily available in the Midwest at that time and made the dish portable by serving the meat between two hamburger buns so he could easily serve it on his pushcart. And so it was in the year 1904 that Nicholas Frienstein brought to Huntington, Indiana, the breaded pork tenderloin. Now there are people who refute that he was the one that did it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, uh, you know, hey, if he didn't do it, man, he paid the right reporters because it sure sounds like he did it. And yeah, I, I wanted to, for this Hoosier history hit, just shed light on a legend. Pork tenderloin is an absolutely S-tier sandwich. And the world owes you your flowers, Nicholas Frienstein. Thank you. <sighs> we made it. Purdue and Northwestern recapped, discussed. I'm done with it. Hopefully the next one's a lot more fun. <laughs> God. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the Often Taunted Podcast. Some are more fun to listen to than others. I have to imagine because some are more fun to record than others. Thank you so much. I'm going to be on here two days after the next game. Not, you know, not the very next day. I'm giving myself another day to record so that this whole recording and editing thing is easier for me and my two under two lifestyle. Um, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for understanding. I'll be back here Friday for you after that Nebraska game. For better or worse, I hope to God I'm not having to spew the same thing I am again. But that would depend on Indiana's ability to make an adjustment here. Hopefully we see something. God bless you and yours, Hoosier fans. You take it easy. You know, basketball program's down right now. Everything feels better when the basketball program's doing well. But I, I just got to tell you, we'll, we'll get through this together. The, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. And damn, it's freaking dark. So I'm thinking that dawn's right around the corner. <laughs> take it easy, Hoosier fans. Lux at Veritas. Down with the Huskers. Go Hoosiers.